What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hey, all Double G here from Fight Game Media. I just wanted to talk about some of the bonus content we've been dropping on our Patreon a.k.a. Fight Game Media Network Plus. John LaRocca and I dropped our 1998 Royal Rumble Watch Along, which is a complement to our 1998 Raw Review Series as we cover the year in which Stone Cold Steve Austin becomes the biggest star in wrestling. Just last week, Carlos Toro and Robert Silva for our boxing podcast, Pound for Pound, put out their monthly bonus show, on the biggest upsets in boxing, heading all the way back to 1986 when Donald Curry lost to Lloyd Hunnigan. Carlos wasn't even born yet, so he was watching the fight for the first time, and Robert is recounting facts from that fight like it just happened yesterday. Also, don't forget to check out myself and Chris DePetrillo in our Karate Kid podcast, which is exclusive to the Patreon, as we cover Cobra Kai Season 4. Terry Silver is back, y'all, and he's looking for revenge on one Danny Boy LaRusso. Check out the Patreon at patreon.com front slash fight game media. It is just five bucks. Give us a shot. Your Starbucks order probably costs more than that. Now, on to the show. Hey everybody, it's In The Clinch, the MMA podcast on the Fight Game Media Network. I'm Paul Fontaine. Alongside me, as always, is Ryan Frederick. And Ryan, the first UFC of 2022 is in the books. And uh, we had a early fight of the year candidate, as your headline of your Monday morning roundup column says. Yeah, that we did, which we'll get get into a moment in a moment. But yeah, it was nice to have some fights back this weekend. It's yeah. been a crazy weekend. If you're like me, you know who's you know not just a big fight fan. You know, aside from the fact that I you know cover it for a living, but also as a big NFL fan, it's just been just I don't know. I've had an oh. enjoyable weekend, even though some of these NFL games have been you know miserable for some, but uh. But yeah, but I will say the Cowboys loss made me miserable for reason, for certain reasons, which means, you know, the Packers are going to be playing Saturday night during the UFC. So yeah. I'm a little upset about that, but it, I it had, is. okay. So, so Sunday morning, Saturday night, I think it was actually, I looked at the schedule and I had a few bucks. So I put down four bets on the four remaining games and I, I took basically, I took, um, Oh God, I'm blanking now. I know I got the Rams. I got I took the Rams and the points and giving three and a half. I took basically I took a four team parlay on the money lines and I picked Dallas, but then on my on my bets on the spreads, I took the Giants. Um you mean the and Niners. and giving getting three and a half points. Or yeah, the Niners, yeah. Get uh, getting three and a half points. Or getting was it yeah, no, it was three points. So 
I was looking real good. <laughs> I thought for sure it was good. You know, they were going to get a touchdown in that last drive and they were going to win the game, but I was going to win my point spread bet. And, uh, now lo and behold, Dallas fucked up and, um, yeah, they did not advance. And, uh, 120,000 fans at the, uh, stadium there went home un- unhappy uh, obviously it wasn't 120,000 fans but that, that stadium probably, looked pretty packed it could have been yeah yeah i don't know what the capacity really is there but i know wwe would claim 120,000 i think it's uh um i think it's like 85 or something with just seats okay. but they sell a right. ton they sell a ton of standing room only seats which yeah. if, which if anybody saw the video video of pregame and everybody rushing in rushing very likely those are all people who had standing room only tickets because because obviously the quicker you get in the better spot you have to stand i mean every time i've gone to either a cowboys game or wrestlemania or college football game in that arena i don't ever get there that that early because i always have a seat so i don't have to worry about all that mad rush but but yeah but uh yeah a lot of people there yeah, it's uh, yeah, it was uh, it's been been a great weekend, like you said. Um, and yeah, unfortunately for you, you're gonna have to try to figure out a way to watch your uh, your Packers and watch the playoff and watch the UFC. I, I know you, you're you're a dedicated, uh, you know, journalist. So you'll you'll give um, you'll give UFC your full attention, and you'll just have to kind of follow the Packers on a second screen, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Too bad for you. Uh, but yeah, we, uh, you know, this past weekend, it was like you said, it was, uh, it was a great weekend. And like, um, we actually, in case uh, you're not aware, well, I don't know if you're doing it on Twitter. I, I got it on Twitter. You can uh, follow me at Paul Ace Fontaine and I'm doing the same thing with wrestling, but, uh, in MMA, I'm actually tracking all the fights I'm watching this year. Cause I know we talked about it at the end of last year, like, Oh, how many fights do you actually watch? So I'm keeping track of all of them and I'm giving them all a rating. My rating is a score out of 100, um, which, you know, you can figure out what the star rating is. And you on the uh, F4W message board, you're given star ratings, which, I mean, we're basically doing the same thing. And we both had the main event at five stars. So um, that tells you right, right off the bat, you know, just like last year, first show of the year, um, we, uh, you know, we got a fight of the year contender. And in this case, it was more of, you know, like kind of a traditional fight of the year. It wasn't so much of a one-sided beating, although it was pretty one-sided. Um, and ironically enough, it was uh, Calvin Qatar, uh, you know, on the right side of this one, unlike last year where he was pummeled by Matt Holloway. Max Holloway. It was a Matt Holloway. What the hell's wrong with me? Um, and uh, yeah, so he he got the United decision. Now, I thought, you know, like the scores were, you know, pretty one sided. Uh, I, you know, the fight was closer than what the scores make it look like, but it was still pretty decisively for Qatar. Um, Jiga got his got his shots in. But um, I mean, we might as well. We'll, we'll just get right into this. Um, I, the one thing I, I, I thought was weird was Qatar was doing real well at the beginning with his legs kicks, and then he just kind of stopped. You know, I didn't really notice him. Like, outside of the first couple of minutes, he, he kind of wasn't throwing the leg kicks anymore. Um, at least not that I noticed. Maybe I just wasn't noticing. Like, what did you see that? I mean, I didn't, I didn't notice. I mean, I didn't notice him kicking, doing a lot of leg kicks early on anyway but but i mean a lot of it probably was adjustments because the fact that that you know he constantly had giga 
Giga on his back foot, back foot, and he was easily finding that home for that right hand and those uppercuts and especially those yeah. elbows. I mean, I mean when you're when your punches and your you know are as effective as they were and doing as much damage as they were, uh, you know, like leg kicks at that point. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, you're trying to kick a guy who's constantly retreating away from you. So, you know, just punch him. <laughs> and that's exactly what Cater did. Yeah. Cater did, yeah. That's probably it. I mean, just the fact that he was, um, you know, was, you know, putting so much pressure on him that he just wasn't really having the chance to uh, to, to implement his game plan. Um, I think it, the scores were, 50, you know, two judges had it 50-45 and one had it 49-46, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, or 50-44. Was there... 5044. Okay, yeah. See, I scored I scored at 4945. Um I I gave one round of 108. I can't remember which one, and I did give one round to uh Giga. I it was either the first or the second. I didn't write down my round scores. Um I just kind of kept track of my scores on uh Twitter and I kind of tweeted it out just for my own record so I would know when we were doing this show that I'd have it and um and just, you know, kind of let my followers know, you know, how I scored these fights, but um yeah, I um but I mean it was, you know, like like I said one of the one or two of the rounds were a little close, but um the the rest of them were pretty one-sided and like I said, I I think it was the 5th round I gave the 10-8, but um yeah but yeah solid win for qatar sorry go ahead oh yeah i was gonna say if there was any round any round that was a 10 8 it would be the fifth the fifth and i could see given giga the second but everything else was clearly yeah. clearly i think it was calvin guitar yeah. yeah i think it was the second i think it was the second i gave him um because yeah i do remember it being 1990 i remember seeing the stats at one point and i was actually surprised at how close um they were in strikes but I mean, it, you know, again, you can't look at the stats, and yeah. and Qatar was clearly landing the more impactful ones. It's like that Aldo fight, you know, like the end of last year where he was actually outstruck, but clearly won like all three rounds. Yeah. Um. This was, yeah, this was more, you know, like I mean, by the end of the fight, Qatar had landed way more. What they said, like in his last four fights, there's been a combined like something like thirteen hundred strikes landed. Or something like that. They they said during the broadcast, like just in some insane number like that. Yeah, but a lot of that was Max Holloway. So, well, sure, sure. But I mean, it was you know a lot of him too because this fight alone, like the two of them, they landed like probably close to four hundred strikes, right? Two seventy two or through two, through two seventy two. Yeah, they they landed two seventy two. Is one is one forty four or one twenty eight for Qatar, which on paper yeah. sounds like sounds like oh this was close, but Cater was just his the damage that he did. I mean, Chikadze's yeah. face was was an absolute mess after afterwards, and he's been yeah. posting pictures from the hospital with his eye all bandaged up, bandaged up, and everything and everything. So yeah, it was it, you know when you look at the stats, stats don't always tell tell the picture of a fight, and this yeah. was definitely more one-sided than I think anybody expected. So, Well, and wasn't like Jiga, I remember at the one point when I saw it, like he was actually landing like a way higher percentage of his strikes too. So that's, I think, why it looked more like Qatar was landing that much more was because he was throwing a lot more. Yeah. Um, you know, he just wasn't connecting with everything. But sometimes even those strikes that miss, you know, do a little bit of damage. You know, like, you know, they, and you know, you're, you know, there's somebody out there scoring it and judging, you know, did this 
punch landed and not land. But, you know, you block a punch with your arm, you probably can still do damage. Yeah, um, exactly. You, you know, or a kick. Yeah. So, and, and that's the other thing was I think a lot of Giga's uh, strikes were kicks and, and the punches, you know, they're lining to the face are going to obviously have a lot more impact. And, you know, visually as you're watching the fight it, are the things you notice more unless, you know, the kicks are doing a ton of damage, which in this case they weren't. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was a, you know, solid win. Qatar, you know, he's right back where he was, I think, before he, before the Holloway fight. You know, I mean, losing to Max Holloway is not anything that people need to be overly concerned about, you know, at this point. Um, Max Holloway is the best in the world, in my opinion. So, you know, that's his one loss in the last, you know, three years. Or, well, and he lost to Zabit, you know, who is another one that, you know, does not... Uh, you know, I don't know if we're going to see him again, but when we do, he's he's a top guy too. So, uh, but yeah, big big win for Qatar to kick off the year. Um, and again, you know, like the the rest of the card was, I mean, it Wait, was fine. I got, it maybe I got, good, but I got more I want to say about Qatar and Giga. Real sure, quick. yeah, go ahead. Real quick, first off, yeah. got to give credit to Calvin Cater's team, his manager, and all that. They went with the perfect thing to do after Max Holloway. Whenever you know, we often talk about how. How, you know, some guys get such a beating in a fight that it just alters their career. And whenever, you know, a year ago, whenever Calvin Cater lost to Max Holloway, we're like, is this guy ever going to be the same? But you got to give the credit to his team for taking the approach of we're going to take time off. We're going to let him fully, fully recover. And, you know, we're not going to rush him back, rush him back. If it takes a year, it takes a year. We're just going to let him recover. And that was honestly, I mean, look at how good he looked on Saturday night. I mean, the, you got to give credit to his team just for letting him just recover, recover and get back, back to a place and not rushing him back, rushing him back, which too many fighters rush back from, from beatings. And they're not the same ever, ever. So, I mean, just, so you got to give credit to his team and then Giga Chikadze. I mean, what a, just after spending 10 days, talking about how he should have got the shot at Alexander Volkanovsky and not even talking about this fight at all. And how, I mean, his entire last two weeks was talking to talking about how he deserved the shot against Volkanovsky and how, how a Korean zombie didn't deserve, deserve to be the fill in. He should have been the fill in, fill in. And then he goes and has this, you know, has this loses this fight. I mean, I mean, were you, did you lose your focus on this fight? Did you, you know, or did you just overlook Calvin Cater? But he was also still talking about, Afterwards, you know, posted on social media that that you know he's still the he's still the best featherweight in the world, and just I don't I don't know. I mean, Giga <laughs> Giga tried to start this whole his start running his mouth a little bit, and maybe it cost him cost him some. You know, even Volkanovski and the zombie were just kind of made comments, you know, about him after the fight. So so just don't ever don't talk about you know deserving a title fight or deserving to be a replacement when you have a fight coming up because you often tend to lose focus if you're looking if you're looking too far down the road so so but yeah just i just wanted to bring those two things up oh absolutely yeah and and actually you reminded me of uh of something um the this crowd um i don't know how many people there were in the apex like 30 Uh, probably you know was it that few 
it sounded like 200 and every single one of them was there for Calvin Qatar. Um, they booed like crazy for Giga through his whole entrance and then cheered for Qatar. Um, and then even earlier in the show, um, Bill Algio cut a promo and he referenced the main event and, and you could tell right away it was like, oh yeah, this whole crowd is there for Qatar. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like I said, however many there were, they, they were loud and they, they loved Qatar and they hated Giga. Um, and yeah, I just, I thought that was notable and, and it was kind of funny listening to it again. It was, it sounded like a lot more than it was and it really added to the fight, yeah. I thought. Yeah. And Giga, you know what? Like, you're not wrong about, you know, like, you know, him smack talking the head of the fight and afterwards and everything, but, you know, credit to him for, you know, I guess for not going down because some of those shots, um, you know, would have knocked out a lot of people and he, you know, and there's a couple times where he looked like he was out on his feet and he kept going, you know, <laughs> his corner probably should have stopped that for the fourth round, to be honest. Yeah, maybe, you know, and then, yeah. And then he took a ton of damage in the fifth. Um, yeah. so, you know, and he could have been, he could have been, um, you know, hurt like really bad. So, and you know, I guess kind of probably was. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this real quick. Well, since you brought it up, the fan fans in the apex, I don't know if it's just me or not, but I think I've officially hit the point where I'm bored with these apex shows. I want to, maybe it's yeah. just, I just, I just feel like, you know, I want to see all these shows in front of crowds. Maybe it's just, you know, the crowds have been so good and so lively. It's just, yeah. I don't know. Just the, the, now that we've seen, you know, months and months of, you know, granted their pay-per-view events. So they've been big, just months and months of fans in the building. It kind of makes, you know, I don't, I don't know. It makes a difference to me, to me now. I'm just kind of just like, it's been two year, two years. I feel like, I just feel like these empty arenas or these shows with 50, 50 or a hundred fans in attendance. It just kind of feels like to me it's run their course, but that's just my opinion on that. So, no, you know, I, I, I hear you and, and, you know, I didn't really think about it, but that may have something to do with how I was feeling about this show, you know, watching it, you know, halfway through the, through the card and you know we hadn't had it had a finish yet and you're watching these fighters in an empty building you know in front of you know hardly no fans and not really making any noise the ones that were there because they didn't really care about anything but calvin Qatar. um you know so yeah i mean i could see it um what you're saying and yeah. really you turn on any other sport like you're watching the nfl playoffs and it's you know, like it's exactly, you know, like it was two years ago. Yeah. You um, watching you know, a basketball game or a hockey game, yeah. hockey game in the, mm -hmm. U in the U.S. at least. I mean, in the U.S., yeah. In the Canada, it's empty buildings. Yeah. Or, yeah, or an NBA game, unless you're in Toronto. Yeah. Um, Toronto. Okay, so they finally got the crowd noise bit worked out where they're playing the canned noise. But I, I could watch a couple of those shows where they didn't even have the crowd noise going yet. And, man, that was depressing to watch. Yeah. Uh, think, and, you know, and the players are... Uh, you know, you don't even know who's going to play because of the protocols. And that's another story that, you know, with this show that we, you know, maybe yeah. should talk about. But yeah, we'll get into um, it. Yeah. But I mean, you know, let's they I don't know why, why they're still testing people. Um, you know, if, obviously, if you're sick, you need to be tested. But if you're if you're not sick, I don't know why they're testing. Yeah. I really don't. Maybe and maybe my apathy for these Apex shows are kind of like because I know for a fact, like, they're not going to be done with uh, done with them. If 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 you know if March twelfth was the last show and they were going back full time on the road, starting with this London card, London card. I mean, maybe I mean I wouldn't be so different, but I know that they're doing 
London and then they're doing Columbus and then they're doing Jacksonville for the pay-per-view. But then the very next show show or two or three are back at the apex. So it's like, uh, it's just kind of, you know, it's just this, I don't know. I just kind of, I don't know. I'm feeling it's gotta be money, right? Um, I mean, I mean, I think like that they're not like, they don't have the expenses when they, when they have to bring the octagon somewhere else. I mean, yeah, they're going to sell tickets in those buildings, but um, they're also got to pay the fighters. And I mean, they got to pay the fighters either way, but yeah. maybe they're thinking that, you know what, the, between moving the, you know, bringing all the production people out there, bringing the octagon, all that stuff. It's, you know, maybe it's a wash and uh, they might as well just keep it in house. They could, it could be that, but a lot of times they get site fees for stuff like that. They have yeah. deals for ho- hotels where the hotels are basically, you know, I don't want to say comped, but they're not, they're not spending, yeah, yeah, spending yeah. the same amount of money as we, as you and I would, I would, I mean, I mean the gate, the gates, I looked at the gates ever since the ESPN era started, the gates have all been well over $600,000. They have had a gate under $600,000. Okay. So, I mean, so, you know, even for these, you know, small fight night shows like in Wichita, Kansas or, or Charleston, South Carolina, they're still getting, they're still getting, you know, you know, 600,000 to a million minimum on these, on these gates. So, uh, so I, I actually Maybe think, it's just... I think they're actually leaving more money on the table staying at the apex now okay maybe it's just they maybe it's just maybe it's just easier and and it's easier to control everything when when it's under their own roof maybe yeah (laughs) there's got to be a reason there's There's got to be a reason i think the reason is they just don't they just they don't have the ability to go everywhere worldwide so they you know it's it's like just don't want to yeah they don't burn through their their u.s markets i mean you know like we talked about i mean they have certain markets that get shows every year and then they have markets that get shows every five years and you know or three years and you know when you if you're trying to run 42 events in the u.s you're you're gonna you know be going back to the same same you know venues you know year after year and i don't think they want to burn out plus i think it's a hot ticket right right now right now you know i think they can kind of go anywhere and and sell so just because well i'm sure once they're able to go to canada they're you know they'll do their three shows and and they i don't know if they'll sell out but they're going to do really nice gates um you know in wherever they decide to go you know whether it's edmonton vancouver halifax you know wherever they decide they want to go i know i think they owe a couple cities ottawa maybe yeah, I'm just, think. I'm just. We see just all these pay per view shows. Granted, they're they're big and just the crowds, yep. and then you go back to these these apex where you know, you know, they have people there making noise, but it's just not the same. It's just not the same. No, no, you know, just no. and I'm kind of just over no it, over it, you know. And it looks and it's the visual too, right? Like you know, yeah, the, that, the same building, the same, you know, yeah. It feels so, like these. Yeah, events, so that it feels like these events don't matter in the long run as opposed to the one other ones. Yeah. So. But anyway, enough of that. True enough. I think I think we're gonna go look back at this era in a couple of years and be like, oh my god, I can't, I can't. I'm so glad we're out of that. Um, in fact, you, I think you're already doing that. Um, all right, so the uh, the co-main, <laughs> um, and I I made the tweet. You know, nothing says co-main of a UFC pay, of UFC uh, fight night like a blown up middleweight uh, who has to cut to make two sixty five. Going up against a guy that, you know, was in bare knuckle fighting a couple of years ago, uh, Jake Collier and Chase Sherman. And man, we've had our fun with Jake Collier uh, over the uh, 14 months or so that we've been doing this show. But uh, 
got a big win here. Um, you know, and, and really like he lost a split decision in his last fight. Some people thought he won. Um, he could be on a three fight win streak if, if not for that. Um, you know, I, uh, I did not have a submission by um, by uh, Jake Collier on my bingo card for 2022. I think I, I don't know what to say about this one. I, I think he I think good. him. I think him by submission was like I thought I read something like plus 1100. So, so yeah. So I mean, well, but, uh, he his last submission was like eight years ago, seven and a half years ago. Yeah. Um, and he actually won the LF, the RFA middleweight championship. RFA. That's how long ago that was. The RFA doesn't even exist anymore. Um, and uh, yeah, his last fight before he went into UFC. And uh, I, one of our subscribers who's probably listening, um, you know, shout out to James. Um, he was, uh, he had seen my tweet and he didn't really understand because he didn't realize Jake Collier used to be a middleweight. And then I sent him a picture and he's like, good Lord. Like uh, it was a, from the weigh-ins of, uh, of his fight with Vitor Miranda. Um, and I mean, it doesn't even look like the same guy. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I don't even know what to say. Like he, he, like he's fat. Uh, but you know what? He got the win. I mean, he, uh, I would guess you could call it a takedown. It was more like, uh, he kind pushed, of fell into a takedown and he pushed Sherman to the ground. It was like literally like, it yeah. was literally like a bully push, push, you know, like, yeah. like how you used to get pushed by pushed by a guy bigger than you in high school, you know, he pushed you like he literally pushed Sherman to the ground and got on top and when landed the big elbows to cut Sherman open and then of course Sherman is lost on the ground ground as we've seen before, gave up his back and the rear naked choke was just too easy there. Easy there. But yeah, it was yeah. a it was a solid win for Collier. So I mean, you know, if he can have fights like this this even as a blown up heavyweight heavyweight, yeah, they're they're worth watching. Yeah. Yeah. No, this, this was fun. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, and a nice win and, you know, and it was a much needed, uh, finish, you know, like we only got two of them on the show. Um, and, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was, a, it was a nice, you know, big high profile win for, for Collier and, uh, Chase Sherman. I don't know what to say about him. Um, you know, he's kind of been up and down and that was his third straight loss. So he's probably done. Um, Collier after the fight, he called out Andre Arlovsky, which is one of the guys that, you know, Chase Sherman has lost to recently. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't think they're going to make that fight, but uh, they might. I could see it happening. Um, I mean, they just booked Orlovsky for the upcoming Houston show. So, so I mean, okay. you know, if, he, if Orlovsky wins, I mean, it, it's it's a natural matchup because kind of, he's yeah. kind of the guy you would want to book Orlovsky against at Orlovsky's age and his level at now. So it makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. Yeah, I just see uh, in your column you picked uh, Collier to fight the Arlovsky Vandera winner. I just, I, I almost think that we'll probably see Collier before that fight would even happen. Um, you know, well, that fight's I mean, just happening no like in less than a month. So, oh, is it? Okay, yeah, okay. it's, it's on yeah, February twelfth. Yeah, Houston yeah. was. Yeah. Okay, that's oh yeah, that's two seventy one, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, maybe. I mean, I think Collier just, you know what, uh, you know, try to stay close to, uh, you know, 280, 285 and, you know, wait for somebody else to uh, fall out of a fight because he'll probably probably get another fight if he wants it. But uh, otherwise, yeah, he can just uh, or, you know, even go to Houston and, you know, see if something happens to either one of those guys, he can take that fight. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, nice, nice story. Nice win for Collier, uh, former RFA middleweight champion. Um, and then we got, you know, a pretty good fight, uh, the, which I think was, 
you know, like this was really, I don't know why this wasn't the co-main event. Um, the Brandon Roy Val and Rosario Bontorin fight. Um, it was, I know some people said it was a robbery. I, I it wasn't a robbery. Um, Roy Val won a split decision. Um, you know, it was, I, I, I scored it 29, 28 for Roy Val. Um, I know that some people had uh, Roy Bontero and up 2018 going into the third and, you know, and maybe Roy Val thought that, you know, he might have needed a finish because he really turned it on in the third um, and, uh, you know, completely dominated the third, um, you know, not a 10, eight or anything, but uh, it was, uh, you know, these are two uh, top, what you, we said last week, top six flyweights. Yeah. Um, like that. Yeah. There. Yeah, and Roy Val, you know, I think he uh, he was a guy that you know was real close to getting a title shot at one point before he lost to Brandon Moreno, um, and uh, you know, and then he lost another one. Really needed a win here, um, and he got it. And uh, yeah, it was a it was a good fight. Um, I don't remember what he said in his post fight. Um, I might have been fast forwarding to get to the Collier fight, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it was it was a good fight. Yeah, it was, it was really good. Not a great fight, but a good it, one. It was really, it was yeah. really good. I thought it was the second best fight on the card, on the card. And uh, yeah, I would, I would tell anybody who thinks that Bontarin definitely won the first. I would suggest you go back and actually rewatch the first, maybe, maybe a couple times because, because you know, there's a lot of people that'll say, yeah, ta- oh, he got multiple takedowns, so he yeah. won the first, but, but. Uh, he didn't do anything from the top, and Royville's activity on the bottom was just absolutely insane, and enough to, you know, enough to sway the, that round in my eyes. And a lot of people who who watch a lot of MMA, like like you know, Kaposa, Krabaka, Hitman, however you want it, he he went back and rewatched the first. He's like, oh yeah, Royville definitely won that won that round. And I mean, and and the media scores were eighty twenty for Royville. So I mean a lot of people okay. you know, your your vast majority thought Royville won and I had the first and the third for for him. Yeah, I think Bontarine def yep. Bontarine definitely won the second. Yeah, he landed more and had four takedowns and Royville wasn't as active from the bottom as he was in the first. But uh yeah, it was a really good really good fight. Just a lot of scrambling, a lot of activity on the gr- on the ground and, and uh I would say both guys look good. Look good. I don't think Bontarine loses a lot in losing this fight. Fight, and Royville gains a lot because Bontarine's a really tough guy. I yep. mean, the guy had only lost three times in his career coming into this fight. Yeah, no, I agree. And I looked up my uh, scores, and I actually had it as the second best fight on the card too. Um, I gave it a seventy, which is basically three and a half stars. So um, yeah, and then an- another good fight was um, was the other flyweight fight, but women's flyweight, um, Caitlin Chikagian and Jennifer Maya. Now you had sent me a message before this fight and said, "Oh, Caitlin Chikagian actually had an exciting fight." So I was expecting a, a finish. I didn't get a finish, but I got a pretty good fight. Um, you know, and a really good performance from Caitlin Shkagian. Um, she, um, it was in a way, it was kind of similar to um, the the main event, just not quite as dominant. But she was just her constantly just putting pressure on Maya. Um, Maya was, you know, stayed in there, and she wasn't really close to being finished ever. Uh, but Shkagian just, you know, just nonstop pressure, and uh, you know, got the unanimous decision. Yeah. Um, 
I, yeah, I didn't, I, I don't know. I didn't, wouldn't said it was, I wouldn't have called it exciting, but it was much better than. I said it was, I think I, I, said, gave, I think I said it was a good fight. Yeah. I actually have a good okay. fight. Not in it. Oh, so okay, he's okay, exciting. Okay. So, so, but yeah. I actually scored at 29, 28. Um, I, I don't know which round I gave Maya, but I was just looking at my scores. Um, but uh, it was, uh, I don't know if that's a reasonable score or not. But I could see giving Maya the, the third. Right. Maya the third because she was getting okay. really aggressive early. But yeah. But yeah. I th- okay. I, yeah. You had a 30-27? Yeah, I had a 30-27. Okay, yeah, but it was, uh, yeah, it was a, it, it was a good fight, yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, Shikagan, I don't know exactly where she goes. I mean, if she gets enough wins, I guess she'll get another title shot. But I mean, she's, yeah, she's won three in a row now. Uh, but you know, she got or, knocked out by Jessica Andrade. Or what? Or the more likely scenario was this was, was her last UFC fight. Oh, really? Yeah, she doesn't have. A con- yeah, this is the last fight under contract, and they didn't offer oh. a new. They didn't offer a new one, new one before the fight, which is not the best sign because usually people they want to keep they'll offer a new, they'll offer a new deal before the last fight, and they didn't offer a new deal. So, which tells me that if if she lost, they were just gonna they were letting her go. Now with her winning. I would say it's 50-50 whether she comes back or not because she's just in a real real weird spot in the division. Yeah. So can't really give well, her... Well, yeah, because... You can't really give her another title fight against Shevchenko. We've already seen it. Seen it. It, wasn't even a, it wasn't a close fight. Close fight. And you can't really book Chukagian against anybody you want to build for Shevchenko because Chukagian, this is a very good odds that she'll win. So, I mean, she's kind of just like, you know, it's she's in a... She's not in the best position right now, and her being going yeah, to free age, free agency. I don't think she has a whole lot of leverage, and I could easily see her just jumping to Bellator, fresh start, and just you know going after mm-hmm. that title. They'll probably you know pay her a lot a lot of money if they're still doing that, um, and uh, you know give her you know she'll she'll get a title shot pretty quick uh, in Bellator. I mean they don't really have much of a flyweight division. Juliana Velasquez is the champion, and you know, of course they've got um, uh, blanket on her name the Hawaiian girl. Um, Alima Alima McFarland. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why why I blanked yeah. on that. Jack. Yeah, I really like her fight. I just haven't seen her in a while. Yeah, um, I, yeah, yeah. If I was a betting man, I would say this was probably Chikagin's last UFC fight. Yeah, she just looks honestly like I'm just looking at her picture right now, and she just looks like a Bellator fighter. Yeah, <laughs> I mean know? it's not it's yeah. not a knock on Chukagan. She's she's a no. really good she's a really good fighter. It's just there's not really a position for you know her. Honestly, her her position in the UFC is just she's not in a good spot. I mean, so it's probably just no. better off to you know if she wants to be a champion, she's probably just better off just leaving. So you know, yeah. Yeah, so um, we'll see what happens with them. And yeah, Jennifer Maya, you know, kind of in the same position, except she actually lost. So, um, you know, I, I guess she would have been the more likely one to possibly get a another match with Valentina since she took a round from her. But, um, you know, I don't think anybody's really clamoring to see a rematch there either. Huh. Um, and then our, our other finish on the card was um, a lightweight fight. Vyacheslav Borshev and Dakota... Harry Bush, which believe it or not, uh, Buffer did not say his nickname. <laughs> I, I was waiting for it. But... They were told not to. Yeah. 
Okay. Gotcha. Um, and yeah, this was a nasty liver shot, uh, from Borshev, um, to, uh, to, to just cripple, uh, Dakota Bush, uh, three, three minutes, 47 seconds into the first round. Um, it, it was kind of like looked fairly competitive before that. Um, then, you know, just when he hit that shot, I mean, it was over, um, you know, and that's what happens. You get that well-timed liver shot and that's it. You yeah, know, and that's kind of what I think a lot of people are expecting in the main event, but yeah. it never happened. Yeah, I mean, but from Bush, Giga. Yeah, Bush got a couple of uh, takedowns, and he actually hurt hurt uh, Borshev yeah. with a knee early. But Borshev, you know, got up from that second takedown, landed a knee to the body, body like as they were breaking. It looked to do a little bit of damage to Bush, and all of a sudden that left hook to the liver, and it was done. It was done. You know, the old Boss Rutten special, his favorite strike is the yeah. liver strike. So, yeah. Yeah, and Bush looked like he dropped like he'd been shot. Yeah. Um, you know, got up. He was okay, but uh, I don't think he knew what hit him. Uh, and it was one of those delayed reaction ones, too, where, you know, it just kind of, oh, oh, and then just right down. And, yeah, a big win for Borshev. Um, he had a nice promo afterwards. I don't really remember what he, too much about what he said, just other than the fact that he was real happy and it was pretty entertaining. Um, you know, and he's a, he's a young guy, you know, six and one, you know, very early in his career. Um, you know, usually guys aren't in the UFC at this point. I mean, he's not young, he's 30, but, uh, he's got a great nickname too, Slava Claus. Um, but, uh, yeah, he came off the contender series, you know, where he, you know, had a, you know, 28, 28 seconds in the second round knockouts. This is his fourth straight knockout. Um, you know, first in the UFC, obviously. And, uh, you know, he's a guy to keep an eye on in 2022. Team, team alpha male guy too. Oh, is he? Oh, yep, okay. Yep. I didn't. I didn't notice. So who was? Uh, I didn't really notice them at at the corner. Was it? Uh, was it Rose Rye there? Or? Uh, well, Faber tested positive for COVID after he was. Oh, okay. After he got back from Texas, so funny. Okay. Funnily enough, so it wasn't Faber. Okay. So, uh, so I don't think he. I don't think he was there. I don't know if he. I don't know if he. He he even talked about it when he was on. He was on Errol Hawani's show last Wednesday, and he talked about how how you know he hadn't tested negative yet, so he wasn't sure if he was going to be in the corner corner during the weekend or okay. not. But he said he was fine. So, but yeah. Okay. Well, hopefully we'll see him back again soon. Like always, like seeing him in the corner. He's a real. Uh, he's good at ringside. He's uh, he's a good coach. You know, in terms of like the in ring. Like I don't know necessarily about like the getting them ready for the fights or anything. But I, I'm just talking about as a corner man. As a corner man, giving information, you know, giving information and all yep. that. You know, and pumping up his fighters. Yeah, he's very good at that. Yeah. And then the other main card fight, and I talked a little bit about it earlier, was uh, Bill Algio and Joe Anderson Burrito. Um, this one uh, was a close fight. Um, you know, Bill Algio got the unanimous decision. Um, I uh, I had it 29-28 for Algio. Um, I think Burrito was a slight favorite going in, but uh, Algio, you know, pulled out the win and then did a promo afterwards where he, I don't know, he called... Uh, He's talking about Giga mostly. Kind of wanted to fight with Giga. He might actually get it, um, you know, based on what what all happened. Uh, but because uh, Giga lost and Algio won, so um, he called him a Biden voter. Like I don't know what the hell was going on there. I'm sure you probably know more about it than I do. But um, other than you know the fact that you know I, I assume he's a Trump supporter. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't have much to say about this fight. I know Bill Algio has been calling. He's actually been calling Giga out for like two years, two years. So this isn't something okay. like new, new. But yeah, he does. Bill Algio does need a map because he does need to know that Giga is from the country Georgia, not the <laughs> state of Georgia. 
So Giga. Yeah, I was wondering about that. So Giga can't actually be a Biden voter because he's not eligible to vote <laughs> in the U.S. So, I mean. Yeah, I. Yeah. I, I, you know what? I was going to leave that one alone. I just didn't know what the hell what he was yeah. talking about. If you've ever seen um, a, if you've ever seen a social media media, I don't want to talk politics, but if you've ever seen a social media and and him and his girlfriends and their thoughts on everything, including vaccinations and all that, they're definitely on one side. We'll put it to that way. OK, to that. Put it to that I, way, so. Yeah. And, and I don't like talking about politics either. And, you know, I'm, I'm in this, I'm in Canada. So, you know, what do I know? But, um, I, I, I saw something yesterday that just floored me. I was watching a documentary, a CNN documentary. So, you know, bear in mind, fake news, all that. Right. Uh, but, um, apparently now you tell me if this is true and you'll probably know from experience, 71% of Republicans still in 2022 think that Donald Trump actually won the election. And that he was robbed. I, I don't know that for a fact. Okay. For but a fact, does that so. sound like like it could be true? I was, <laughs> like, I, I, uh, I'm just I, blown I, away. That <laughs> I still feel like it's high. I could see sixty percent. Okay. You know, so I like, don't that's know. just that just blows me away. Like I can see you know having you know like fanatical, but I mean from a distance watching from a side, like I just don't get it. I mean, but anyways, yeah, I don't want to talk. Seventy one percent of Republican voters is is only about twenty percent of the country. So true enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, they they I mean you know the popular vote was not even close. Um, okay, so yeah, so uh, yeah, tell us about this undercard. I mean, it was four decisions, but you know, pretty good fights. Yeah, uh, we started off off the night. Uh, the opener was T.J. Brown uh, beating Charles Rosa, twenty nine twenty eight across the board. Board Rosa took this fight on Tuesday. Tuesday late replacement for Gabriel Benitez, who pulled out due to health concerns. And uh, Rosa actually actually got himself a new UFC contract in agreeing to the agreeing to the fight. But hopefully, hopefully they give him another shot because I mean, this was this is you know. A lot of Brown and his takedowns. I gave Brown all three rounds. I could see only the, I could see only the third being closed because there was a lot of reversals in that. But it, it was very clearly a uh, Brown win. Um, Brian Kelleher uh, beat Kevin Kroom unanimous decision 30-27-29-28. This was another fight that was uh, changed late in the week. Uh, Kelleher was supposed to supposed to uh, fight side Yakub. Uh, Kakmaranov, but he was cool, pulled due to the COVID protocols, and Kroom took the fight on late notice. Uh, Kelleher dropped Kroom early in the first, and Kroom was landing more, but Kelleher had takedowns and top control in the you know in the first to win the first. Kroom, Kroom, in my opinion, won the second. You know, based on his striking and striking, and Kelleher got a late takedown, but it wasn't enough to win the round. But Kelleher had a dominant third round. Third round got three takedowns, had four and a half minutes of control time and threatened with all sorts of cho- chokes uh, chokes and I actually had it 29-27 for Keller I gave him a 10-8 third, third but uh, all the media had it for him and solid win for Keller who apparently decided to share with the world after the fight that he shit his pants before the fight so that was nice <laughs> or he sharded as he said but I mean but yeah so yeah you know, so he had a shitty start wonderful time, but uh, uh anyway uh, yeah so uh I see what you did there yeah uh then we had court McG- welterweight fight court mcgee uh scored a unanimous decision over ramiz brahimaj uh 30 27 across the board 
McGee looked great in this fight. He just was out striking Brahmaj, got some ta- got takedowns in every round. Round uh, it was just pretty well controlled on the top. On the top, very very good performance for McGee. That's two two in a row for him. So yeah, and then we ended with middleweight fight. Jamie Pickett beat Joseph Holmes on unanimous decision, twenty nine twenty eight across the board. I actually thought this was the Weakest fight on the card. I didn't think it was think it was a bad fight, but it was just a lot of a lot of clinching and a lot of landing as they would break and then they clinch again and again and just it, it wasn't really exciting or super eventful. But I thought Pickett won. I had it thirty. I had it win in all three rounds to be honest. So there was your prelims right there. You got any thoughts on those? Not really. I mean, I uh, you know I like I said earlier, I gave my scores. I actually thought the weakest fight and. We know it was Kelleher Kroom, but I mean, Kelleher had a great performance. It was just Kroom barely showed up. Um, and uh, I think I gave it 30 26 Kelleher as well. Yeah, I did. Um, and, uh, you know, but I mean, the, 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 these fights were all like nothing special. I was a lot more generous with my star ratings than you, uh, like I tend to be in wrestling too. Um, I didn't really have, I, I mean, the worst fight on the show was average, in my yeah. opinion. You know, nothing, nothing bad. You know, I've seen some bad fights and I wouldn't call any of these bad but um yeah it was it was there um the performance bonuses obviously the fight of the night went to uh the main event and the two uh performance bonuses went to the two finishes really easy ones this week uh collier and borshev so um yeah that's just the four bonuses this year so the uh days of dana being all generous and giving out six or eight are uh, probably will happen this week you know with a pay-per-view and if there's good fights and there probably will be um, and if you were uh, listening to our show last week and you heard us preview this show, um, it probably didn't sound a lot like what the fight we, <laughs> the card we just ran down because damn, there was a lot of changes and you, you talked about them, but I mean, it, you know, there was just everyday fights were going down and, you know, changes were being made and, uh, you know, it's a miracle they put together 10 fights, but they did. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, like we, I like have we, no idea why there's, I don't know why they're still testing. Right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, I, I think they could change it. You know, they might only test people, people now who have symptoms come fight week, come fight week. You just kind of just don't, don't know. There's, there's a lot of risk in testing everybody, whether that you know symptomatic or asymptomatic, what, whatever. There's a lot of risk because, because it's you know as we as we all know. There's a lot of people who are tested positive for Omicron and COVID these days who have no symptoms. And they just they just have it. They just have it and they don't know it because because they're not sick. So it's just but if yeah. but if you're gonna test everybody and pull them regardless of whether they test or whether it's whether it's because of the fighter testing positive or one of their corners testing positive, you know, I don't know the case on all these ones that changed. But from what I heard, heard like, I don't know that this is hundred percent. I just, just speculation, but everybody who tested positive, positive weren't showing symptoms. So, you know, it's kind of, okay. You know, and even so, even so we've, we've had inconclusive tests, just like the Bill Algio, Joe Anderson, Brito fight. They didn't even know if that fight was actually going to happen for sure until Friday morning. Jeez. So they, they actually yeah, both wait. one of them cleared protocols, right? Yeah. One of them until, until Brito actually, actually passed his Friday morning test. Like when they weighed in, not actually knowing a hundred percent of their fight was going to be on 
So it's just, just crazy. So, so just, uh, but that was because they, Brito had an inconclusive PCR test. But anyway, but anyway, but it's just, it's, it's the risk you're going to run if you're, you know, I, I do think they need to test everybody before traveling. I think that's a smart idea, you know, you know, but once yes. fight week comes, just, I don't know, test them if they're only si- sick or if you feel like you need to test them. I think just once, you know, so. Yeah, you just do a rapid test, and then if yeah. you if you're positive on the rapid test, then get an actual PCR test. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is you know what they're recommending now. Yeah. Um, I I don't know if I told this told you this before. I I feel like I said it on on some show, maybe on my Grab a Dead show, but we had a couple of weeks ago. Um, my daughter Emily, you know, she uh, she had a really bad fever. And uh, we were worried. We thought, oh, you know, maybe she's got it because she goes to daycare and stuff. So we were, you know, checking her temperature all night. And we have rapid tests. So we were going to test her the next morning if uh, if she was still, uh, you know, having a fever. So then she woke up in the morning and she didn't have a fever. So we just, okay, great. You know, no, no problem. Next day, I all of a sudden, I wake up and I got a bad fever and I'm also nauseous. And I'm like, okay, I probably got it now. But, and I was going to get tested, but I'm like, no, you know what? I'll just wait. I'll, I'll go to sleep. I'll take the day off work. So I did that. Woke up, you know, later on in the day, the nausea was gone. I still had a bit of a headache, took some Tylenol. By the evening, I was fine. Next day, my wife has the exact same symptoms I did. She did the same thing I did. Uh, except she actually went to work, you know, she shouldn't have, but she did. Um, and then, you know, within half a day, it was gone during that time. Our son had come over and he was watching our daughter, Emily, he gets symptoms except his are worse. So he gets tested. Sure enough, he's got it. And then our other daughter who was over at our place, she got it, you know, a little while after that. So like, I'm pretty sure that we all had it, <laughs> you know, but it's just, we didn't get tested. So we didn't know. And if we had it got tested, then, you know, all of a sudden, you know, my wife can't go to work for two weeks and I can't go into the office and blah, 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 blah. And then it turned out our daughter was actually a close contact of someone at daycare that got COVID. She probably gave it to them, um, but uh, so she's actually home now for ten days. Um, but yeah, it's it's just a kind of a mess right now. But I think as everyone gets vaccinated and everything, it'll it'll get better. So, um, and you know, and as everyone gets it, I think we're we're pretty close to having herd immunity at this point. Um, so yeah, so that was uh, UFC Fight Night. Hopefully, uh, hopefully next um, next week you know, for the UFC 270, they, uh, you know, in California, which, you know, is a little bit stricter than Nevada, I think, uh, maybe they won't do testing. I guess we'll find out during the week, but there's only four main card fights right now, right? I mean, they're going to, they're going to adjust the schedule. They haven't, they haven't announced what the fifth main card fight is though, though I think I have a good idea of which one it'll be. Okay. Um, I mean, looking at the card, I can, kind of make a guess but i mean we'll get into it uh is it yeah i guess we can get we can get into the ufc 270 preview i mean it's all about the two main events um you know obviously actually it's really the one main event um in ganu and gone you know this is one of the biggest fights that ufc's got on the books right now um uh, maybe the biggest um nah, well nah. no i nah. mean no 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 it's uh the biggest is usman and covington right i mean covington and masvidal yeah or Maswell. Why did I say Usman? Um, it's late. Yeah, but yeah, this is, well, I guess technically the biggest. <laughs> um, you know, these two guys are both going to probably weigh in pretty close to 265. Probably the biggest um, because it's also the heavyweight tie- title. It's Exactly. It won't draw the most money out of those two, but. No, 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 no. No, although it could do well. 
could do well. Um, Ngannou's, yeah, I mean, he's not a huge star, but, you know, he's he's a heavyweight champion, and that, that usually holds some cachet. Gon has got literally almost no name. We never did find out what that Gon Lewis fight did, but I'm guessing it was like 75,000. If that uh, it broke, a did you ever get a? It broke a hundred. Broke a hundred? Oh, that's everything broke a hundred. I don't know what the exact number, yeah. but it was probably broke somewhere 100. between one hundred and two hundred. It was definitely okay. lowest right. of the year. So, yeah, I mean, and and that's for a heavyweight quote unquote title fight. Uh, but you know, uh, Gone is the interim champion. Francis Ngannou is the heavyweight champion. Um, you know, after uh, knocking out. Stipe and then you know taking you know the rest of the year off because he UFC didn't want to wait one month to uh let him defend his title um and uh you know and has he signed a new contract nope no okay so this is I mean I guess technically could be I mean they do they they do have the re like if champions clause or no do they not have that in UFC if he wins this fight he his contract automatically extends through the end of the year from what I've heard. That's what I thought. Okay. All right. So, I mean, he, uh, and but yeah, and he, he could wants, also, he's been very he vocal. Also, he could also win and not fight again and sit out for the rest of the year and be gone. Yeah. And he's talked about that because he wants to be paid more. And I mean, I, I have to laugh at these takes where it's like, wow, UFC, if he beats gone, they're going to be forced to pay him. And it's like, they're not forced to do anything. I mean, they should, and they probably will, but they don't have to. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, if they want any credibility, I, I suppose. But I mean, you know, they they really have no incentive to pay these guys any more than what they want to pay them. Um, you know, at, at some point they have to. I, I said it again. They don't have to, but they do. You know, they. I mean, they take care of their guys. But um, yeah, this is an interesting one. And gone is, you know, somebody that obviously is perfectly fine at this point, you know, uh, to take, you know, whatever fights they give them and whatever money they decide to pay them. And, uh, yeah. And here we are, you know, it's, um, Saturday on pay-per-view at, uh, from Anaheim. So this is, uh, you know, first time in California since the pandemic, I believe. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, anything, what do you, what do you guys say about this one? I mean, I, I, I think I clearly favor Nganu, but, um, I, I don't, you know, you know, anything could happen. I kind of favor Nagano as well. I think just when it comes to the punching power, you just can't overlook, the, yeah, overlook that. I mean, Gone might be the better all around fighter, maybe, maybe he is, maybe he isn't, isn't. But uh, I mean, you know, until Nagano, you know, I mean, we've seen him beat, but we haven't seen him like hurt all that bad. So, so, but uh, yeah, definitely an interesting fight. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You know, it kind of feels like you know it's not be it's not being hyped up as big as it should be. And you know, Francis is here. Here he's complaining about about money, but he's not doing anything to build this fight. You know, and he's thirty five no. years old. He's going to make the most money he's made in his career for this fight because he's actually getting you know, pay, you get pay per view points guaranteed as a champion. You don't get them necessarily as a challenger. You have to have a be of a certain status as a challenger to get them, but as a champion, you're getting them. So all of us complaining about, I don't want to fight for a half a million. You're not, you're fighting for more than half a million this time, this time. So all you're yeah. complaining about pay, pay. And his agent is, you know, well, I don't want to really get into the details, but his agent is a lot of the reason why, you know, there's a standstill, you know, with contracts and stuff like that, that, but uh, ultimately I don't, you know, 
If he wins, he's going to be back for sure. For sure. And even if he loses, I think he'll be back. I think these boxing ambitions are a little overblown because I th- honestly, if he were to fight Tyson Fury, he would get embarrassed. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, he'd get embarrassed by all these heavyweights. I think it's just a bad idea. And of course, you know, you're reaping, they're reaping what they sow by letting Connor do the Mayweather fight. I mean, it's even to this day, it's still kind of biting him in the ass with everybody wanting to do boxing and the Jake Paul thing isn't helping. But granted, if those people knew actually what Jake Paul's opponents were getting paid as opposed to Jake Paul, I mean, you know, might be a different, different story. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just it feels like the hype for this fight isn't there like it should be. But uh, I think I love the fight, and I think yeah. Gone is going to win, and I think he's going to knock Gone out. I think Gone is in a similar spot at this point in his career where Ngannou was when he fought Stipe the first time. Yeah, um, you know, so if if Gone loses, he'll probably learn from it. He'll go back. He'll, you know, he's still improving. I mean, you know, what's crazy about Gone? I mean, we talk about you know, oh, guy, you know, debuted in the UFC maybe you know like two or three years ago or something. This guy had his first pro fight like three and a half years ago, and he's fighting for the UFC heavyweight title. I mean, that's in this is insane. Um, you know, I mean, obviously he had the, I think he had a kickboxing career before that. Right. But, yeah. um, or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But he, yeah. August 2nd, 2018, he fought in TKO fought for the heavyweight championship in his first career fight. And, uh, you know, got a, you know, got a first round submission, um, you know, and he was in the UFC, you know, a year later. Um, and he's obviously undefeated in the UFC and he's the interim champion and, you know, he knocked out Derek Lewis in his last fight. Um, and yeah, and he's a very worthy challenger. I mean, really, I mean, very clear, uh, number two heavyweight, you know, at this point, um, you know, and, 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 you know, unless, you know, if John Jones, you know, rears his ugly head at some point in 2022, that could change. But, you know, and obviously if he comes back, he's going to jump the line and, you know, he's going to go right in there against Nganu. I, I think he'd, they're probably doing Nganu Jones either way. You know, I, you know, even if Nganu loses, they probably go to that fight. But, um, I, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, it's very interesting. And I think, yeah, I think you're right. Like, I think at the end of the day, you know, he'll get more money. UFC will pay him. They, he won't get as much as he wants, but he'll get more than he's getting now. Um, he's probably going to make, you know, depending on what this does, he's going to make like two and a half, three million dollars for this, for this fight. And gone's going to do all right too. So, um, yeah. And then the, the co-main is a rematch, uh, third, Third time for these guys, Brandon Moreno and Devison Figueredo. Um, they obviously had that classic fight at the end of 2020 that, you know, some people had as the fight of the year. Uh, it was second best fight of the year on, you know, if, if it wasn't the best. Um, and uh, and then, you know, they had the rematch. So this is this is the third straight fight, I think, for both of them, right? Uh, yes. All against each other? Yes. Yeah. Is that Has that ever happened? Uh, off the top of my head, I can't, I can't think remember. of it. I can't think of it. No. Yeah, like especially definitely, I I could almost for sure say it definitely hasn't happened in a tight in title fights. No. Um, no I think sure. Arlovsky and Silva had two in a row. Um, there's been a lot with two. There's been a lot with two in a row. Yeah, but three in a row is crazy. But it's hard to argue doing this fight. I mean, you know, the first one was so damn close, and then the second one, you know, had the the submission um in the third round but it was a good fight before that um and yeah and there's really 
not any other big names. And Figueredo Figueredo benefited from the only other logical contender right now being injured. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, is that Askarov? No, Askarov's uh, fighting Car no, France. Pan, Panto- Pantoja. Pantoja. Pan- yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, he's the guy, you know, he's got, you know, he's got the two wins in a row. I mean, really, that's that's about the only streak going on in UFC right now. I mean, there's a couple guys coming up that, you know, have some decent runs like Manel Kopp and David Dvorak. Um, but I, you know, like the next guy is clearly going to be uh, Pantoja when he's ready. So, you know, you do this fight and, you know, and I like, God, if, if uh Figueredo wins, which easily could happen, um, you know, then what do you do a fourth fight? Not right <laughs> like, away. I, you know, Not right away. No, no. But I mean, you probably will at some point. Yeah. Um, for sure. You know, I, I mean, it'd be like Chandler and Alvarez back in Bellator. Um, I think they had they, four fights. They only fought twice. Okay, well, who is it? There was, or is it, um, no, Melendez and um, Thompson. They only I think they had like at least three or four fights. They only, they really? only fought oh, okay. three times. Okay. The only people I remember that have ever fought four times were Andre Arlovsky and Tim Sylvia. Okay, yeah, and a, one, at least one of those was outside UFC, right? Yeah, yeah, one of those was, out, yeah, it was like yeah. pro elite or something like that. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, God, that, that show that lost like millions. Um, yeah. And then, you know, outside of those two, uh, okay. What, any thoughts on this fight? Like besides what we've already said? Yeah. I, you know, I don't know that Brandon Moreno is a better overall fighter than Davison Figueredo. I think he, he definitely had a better night in June. I, I don't know how, I don't, I don't know what to think of this fight because I mean, the Figueredo that showed up in June is going to lose this fight. But he's he switched training camps. He's in. He looked in fantastic shape. Shape, you know, this past weekend. Uh, you know, he's been training with Cejudo and the Fight Ready team. I mean, that's a complete different shakeup. So yeah, very interesting fight. I don't. I really don't have a pick right now. I mean, it, my gut kind of tells me that I think Figueroa is going to win. Win, but uh, yeah, I don't know right now. It's a very much like the last time. It's a very tough fight to pick. Pick, you know. So yeah. And I think like I'm going with my gut and I'm going Moreno, but I could easily see Figueroa winning. Um, in fact, you know I haven't even looked at the odds, but I I assume Moreno's a favorite. Um, but it's I mean it's got to be close. He's, my, uh, he's yeah, minus one seventy five right now. Yeah, so yeah, that's you know pretty close for a defending champion that's you know coming off a a finish in the last fight. But I mean Figueroa had that super long streak where he just looked unbeatable. Um, and then, you know, the majority draw, uh, which, you know, I guess he would have lost if not for the penalty point. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Figure so, it won yeah. That, so, so yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it was, um, you know, it's, you got these two fights and then like, man, the rest of this card, um, you know, I mean, you throw a dart at the rest of these fights and any one of them could be on the main card. I mean, I guess Michelle Pahea and Andre Fialo has to be on the main card because it's of on the main card. Yeah. Um, it's on the, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I know it is. I'm just saying like, you know, but I mean, other than that, like, you know, I, the other one that's listed right now is Cody Stamen and Said Nurmagomedov. But I mean, I guess it's got more marquee value than, you know, anything else on this card, but 
um, there's really not much else on this card. Yeah. I mean, uh, got, you know, outside of the two, two main events. It kind of got ravaged a little bit by, you know, late injuries. Injuries. You lost, you lost Mavzar Ivoloyev from the Ilya Tapiria yep. fight. So Ilya Tapiria is fighting Charles Jordan. I think that's the fight that ends up getting moved to the main that's card. That's the main card, yeah. Main card. That's what I think. Yeah, because you also lost Greg Hardy against Alexi Olenek. I mean, Olenek pulled out first, and then you had Sergey Spivak you know, step in, and then Greg Hardy broke his finger and had to pull out, which is a shame because that means we – you know, we still get to see Greg Hardy again. Again, you know, he's got one fight left on his deal, and you know, ho- you know, hopefully after that one fight, it's sayonara, Greg Hardy, and we can be done with this experience. How long have we been saying that? Yeah, well, I mean, if he <laughs> if he if he fights one more time and loses, that's three in a row. That's that that at that point, he's it's like it, yeah. it's, it's it's not worth not worth what it what they pay him. So you know, so we also lost uh, Cannoneer Brunson was supposed to be on this card, right? Yeah, but they moved it to they moved it to two seventy two to have. Well, that was before they did it because a that card needed something because it was bad. Yeah. That was and that was before they added Lewis and Tuivasa. But they also needed needed a backup for just in case something happens to Adesanya and Whitaker fight week. You know, so yeah, that had more sense. to do. They had more to do with it. You know, just covering their bases. Yeah, but there's a lot of debuting fighters on this card. Eight debuting um, fighters. You, know, you got that. There's eight debut yeah. Andre fighters. Fialo. Andre Fialo is a guy that's going to fight Paheya. That was originally going to happen this past week, and then they moved it, uh, I guess, because they wanted a better showcase for Paheya. Uh, COVID protocols. I assume. COVID. Oh, was it? Was that it? Yeah. Okay. yeah. And then we, we got our our, old, our buddy Rodolfo Vieira uh, fighting Wellington Terman on this card. That, I guess that would be the other possibility to be moved to the main card, right? I would say if it's not the um, the yeah. Tapura, but but it will be the Tapura. Yeah, probably. Vieja feels like the uh, featured prelim for the for the uh, pre is that on ESPN. Yeah, the yeah, ESPN yeah. prelims. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know, I I don't know. I guess we should talk about these two main card fights, and then you can kind of run through the undercard. But Stamen and Nurmagomedov. I mean, neither one of these guys are ranked. I don't think. Stamen's um, like are they always, Stamen might be. He he's not at the moment, but he's like one of those like if he wins, he could be, jump right back in. He's on the cuffs there. But Nurmagomedov has won three in a row, or or no, he's won three out of his four UFC fight UFC fights, but hasn't fought yeah. in over a year. Or so so this is kind of like, and Stamen's trying to end a two fight losing skid. So you know. Yeah, this one, I mean, you know, he's got the famous name, and um, I, I assume he's, he kind of looks a little like Khabib, so he's probably like a cousin or something, right? Uh, I don't, I don't know for They're sure. They're all cousins. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I always, I always feel like there's a Nirmago medal that's an outlier that's not a part it of that this group. guy? And I, all, I mean, okay. he's from Dagestan, and let's see, yeah. but there's nothing. Kind of looks like him. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I don't know because because usually yeah. you know, usually in these on these Wikipedia pages they they mention Habib when he's associated with anybody. And there's nobody no mention of Habib okay. on his Wikipedia, so I always feel like he was the outlier. That's not you know necessarily part of that group. Either way, he's uh, you know he's a guy to look out for. I mean, like you said, he's won three of four. His only loss was to uh, Ra- Rayoni Barcelos. Two, yeah, yeah, fourteen and two overall. Yeah, 
Yeah. So this is, you know, and Stamen needs a win. And, uh, you know, he was a guy that people, a lot of people were talking about a couple of years ago. And then, you know, he had the, you know, he's lost the two in a row recently. And then, you know, there's not much we can say about Michelle Pajaya. Um, you know, he's Mr. Entertainment. You know, he's, he likes to fuck around and sometimes he gets his ass kicked because of it. Um, and uh, his opponent uh, is Andre Fialo. You know, he's making his UFC debut, but this guy's had, you know, a lot of big fights all over the all over the world. Um, you know, he's fought in Bellator. He's fought in PFL. Um, you know, Abu Dhabi Warriors, that promotion there. He's coming in on a four-fight uh, knockout streak, um, you know, his last four fights. So, you know, he's got a, got a lot of hype at welterweight. Um, you know, I... Pahea can't sleep on this guy. I mean, if he if he screws around like he likes to, he might get clipped. Yeah, I mean, but we we've, we've seen a lot more focused Michelle Pahea in his last couple of fights. He has he he still had his moments where he screws around, but but uh, he's been, seemed to be taking it a little bit more serious lately. So so and I, I think he'll take this one yeah. serious and not goof around. His last two wins have been by decision. So, yeah, you never know. Yeah, he's won four in a row now, eh? Like, that's sneaky. Uh, yeah. You know, or three in a row, sorry. Um, you know, he lost to Diego, but that was, uh, you know, he should have won that one. That was, uh, um, you know, a legal knee that got, got, got himself DQ'd. So, um, yeah, so, you know, four fights on the main card right now. Uh, I guess the one that's probably going to be added, you know, that you brought up, I mean, you know, Ilya Tapuria is undefeated featherweight. Charles Jordan is Canadian. You know, they love their Canadians in UFC. Um, and, uh, you know, and he's, you know, he's won two of his last three, but he's looked really, really good in in his fights. Um, he's a, you know, he's the, exci- he did lose. Yeah, he's an exciting fighter, and he's got a new UFC contract. Yeah. So, and, and he claimed that he was told this was going to be on the main card. So, so you know. Okay, so. okay. That makes sense. I mean, I, uh, you know, he's, I mean, really looking at it, I, I don't really see any better options. Um, all of these fights really have like one name people know and one name they don't know, um, for the most part, other than, like I said, the Rodolfo Vejea and Wellington Terman. I mean, Terman has fought a couple times in UFC. Vejea is a guy people should know, but probably don't. Um, they probably, if they do remember him, it's for the one loss, um, that he, you know, it's, we're never going to let him forget. Um, but yeah, so yeah, to, to talk about these prelims. Okay, so we'll start off with the prelims. Of course, uh, with all these kind of car changes, we don't know exactly yeah. what's going to be on the ma- main prelims and what's going to be on the on the early prelims. And we'll skip to Puria and Jordan since we just talked about talked about him. We assume that's going to be on the main card. But anyway, we have Rodolfo Vieira against Wellington Terman, Terman which we talked about. Uh, talked about Vieira coming on, you know, the world-class submission guy against Terman, who's had an up-and-down UFC career. Uh, next, we have Bantamweight fight. Rayoni Barcelos against the debut in Victor Henry. They were supposed to fight a month ago. But COVID pushed it back, so this is where it ends up. Ends up, uh, you know, both guys had a little bit more time to prepare as opposed to Henry taking the fight on a week's notice like he did. So, so but yeah, Barcelos is very underrated guy. Uh, we next we have a welterweight fight uh, with two debuting fighters. We have Jack Della Maddalena from this past season of the Contender Series. He had a lot of hype after his win. He had a very exciting fight on on uh, the Contender Series. He's fighting. Uh, late notice replacement Pete Rodriguez, who's just four and zero in his career. So we kind of you know he's you know he's a body to fill in, but he's probably 
definitely not ready for the UFC. And but uh, yeah, but it, it might be an exciting fight. Uh, you have bantamweight fight Tony Gravely against Simon Oliveira. Oliveira from the Contender Series this past year. Gravely's had, you know, he's two. I think he's two and two in the UFC. But he's had, he's you know he's shown some decent skills and all that. It should be should be a pretty good fight. Uh, we have. You know, another debuting fighter from from a contender series, Michael Morales, twelve and zero against Trevin Giles. Trevin Giles is, you know, he's shown a lot of promise. You know, he's kind of had an up and down UFC career, but he's dropping this fight is at welterweight to be Giles's first time at welterweight. So, and Morales says, uh, you know, twelve and zero, and I think he's got a lot of finishes on his on his record. So, yeah. so. and he's only twenty two. Yeah, he's very young too. To uh, next, we have a women's strawweight fight: Silvana Gomez Juarez against Vanessa Demopoulos. This was supposed to be on this card this past week, but COVID moved it. It's a fight. Uh, next, we have a lightweight fight: Matt Frivola against the debuting Gennaro Valdez. Valdez, another guy from the Contender Series, but he's uh, he's ten and zero. And he's an exciting fighter, and Favola is also an exciting fighter. Fighter who's coming off a eight second or a seven second knockout loss to Terrence McKinney, so he wants to get back, you know, on the win column. And our opening fight, we have a women's flyweight fight. Uh, Kay Hansen coming back for the first time since November of 2020 against the debut in Jasmine. I think it's pronounced Jazuda Vicious. I think that's how you hey, pronounce it. Hey, that's pretty good. Yeah. So, uh, works so, for me. Yeah. So, yeah. Another Two. contender series fighter, right? Another, I, I think I another, remember her from the contender series yeah, this she, year. She, yeah. She was on the contender series this past year. Two young prospects. So, that should be a good fight. So, yeah. I mean, not not the most exciting prelim prelim card and not, not the most exciting undercard overall, but you got the two title fights and, of course, the big heavyweight title fight. Yeah, like you said, eight debuting fighters. Um, I think I'm just doing quick math. Looks like we got five undefeated fighters on the card. Um, you know, including Cyril Gon in the main event. Um, you know, and a lot of you know, I mean, some of these guys like you mentioned, Pete Rodriguez. Um, you know, four and oh, uh, four knockouts. You know, in four first round knockouts, and he's only 25 years old. So, I mean, you, you have no idea. You know, this guy could be, you know, like the next, you know, I don't know, like, I don't know who's a big welterweight knockout guy, but, um, you know, like he could be awesome or he could just be have been beaten up tomato cans and he could get waxed. Like, you have no idea what you're getting with these guys, but we'll find out. Um, you know, and uh, these are some of the ones where if you're betting, like, you kind of, I know I kind of like on these ones to pick, just pick all the guys you don't know because chances are a few of them are going to win. Uh, but I also lose a lot of money when I bet, so maybe don't. Which is why we I stopped say. doing. Which is why we stopped doing our betting <laughs> yeah. thing because because we were afraid yeah. of Paul losing you too much money. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, I, I feeling, you know, if I put it this way, if I had to put money on it, I would say this is probably gonna be a pretty good card. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, it's not got a ton of marquee value outside of the main event, but, um, the, uh, you know, the, these cards, a lot of times over deliver and, uh, you know, in front of fans in California, we'll see, you know, and again, we may not even see half these fights. We just talked about the way things went this week. So hopefully, uh, cooler heads prevail and we'll see. Um, but yeah, so that'll be, uh, you know, regular start time, you know, uh, 6 PM Eastern five central, uh, three o'clock on the west coast um and uh you know pay-per-view starts at uh, 10 eastern nine central uh, on espn plus so and two title fights ufc and, 270 and don't forget for all our listeners we will be 
back with a post fight. Oh yeah, post UFC two seventy post fight show. Uh, you know, available exclusively on our Patreon page. Following the following the card. Yep, should be. We will record the moment the moment I get set up post fight post fight yep. and and you know we'll have it up as quickly as possible. You know, for everybody. Yeah, hopefully to by late, the time you guys will late Saturday night, early Sunday yeah, morning. Late s- yeah, it might be late Saturday night. I think Garrett's up pretty late on the weekend, so if you can get it up. Um, the uh, And we're going to have a special guest, uh, Dean Jenkinson, uh, who is a buddy of mine here from here in Winnipeg, big MMA fan. Um, you know, he's got a lot of broadcasting experience. So uh, in terms of that, he's probably got both of us beat, but I think it might be his first MMA podcast. So, But he, uh, you know, he's done a lot of TV stuff here in Winnipeg. So um, looking forward to that. Uh, Dean is... Uh, Big, big MMA fan, like I said, and uh, he's he's really looking forward. He's messaged me just about every day, you know, to, uh, asking about this. So, um, and yeah, so that'll be on the Patreon, fightgamemedia.com backslash Patreon. Uh, we'll we'll tweet out the links and uh, and we'll we'll get that up there. And then of course we'll talk about it on next week's show, but we'll just kind of do a quick rundown. If you want to get the in depth breakdown, uh, check out the uh, the Patreon. So if you're not already signed up, uh, you can you can do that now, and and you get a lot of great stuff on on there, including all of the shows on this feed have at least one show uh one monthly show on the patreon and uh and we'll we'll have at least we're pretty much going to be every pay-per-view we'll be doing a post show uh although when you're in houston we'll have to figure something out because you might not be able to do it from there but we'll we'll do something for sure yeah. um okay so uh that is uh that that's the uh, ufc 270 so we have to talk about and you just were chomping a bit to talk about this one so i actually had something else i was thinking about bringing up but i yeah, we got to talk about Henry Cejudo because he's a bit of an idiot. Uh, wait, wait a second. I had a different we had what? to talk about segment. Don't we have to talk about Cody Rhodes? No. Wait, wrong show. I'm sick and tired of Cody wrong Rhodes. Show. Wrong show. Yeah. Sorry, I thought this was a dynamite show for a minute. Sorry, I had to no, troll no, all there no, for, no. A mo- for a moment. <laughs> well, yeah, because I've been talking about Cody Rhodes all day. Yeah. But yeah. no, you know what? There was something else I wanted to talk about. What but, was that? Uh, I, I, we go ahead. I don't, rem- go- I don't remember. I honestly don't. I honestly don't remember, but I do remember thinking, "Hey, we got to talk about this." And it might have been the COVID thing, like the yeah. the testing, you yeah, know. Yeah, been, but uh, yeah, I think actually, I think that's what it was. But yeah, we got to talk about Sanri Sudo because he's an idiot. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't call him that. I mean, he's been in the news a lot this week, uh, complaining about not getting the shot at a at. Alexander Volkanovsky, even though he had uh, f- never fought a featherweight and is, you know, has constantly told them for years, for the past few years, he's retired, retired. And more of the thing is, of what I want to talk about, Fasudo was, you know, a little bit of Dana's comments, Dana talking about how, how, you know, you can't just retire and then jump the line in a division you've never fought, fought in, which gave a lot of people some ammunition because they bring up Connor McGregor and George St. Pierre, St. Pierre. But you got to look at it at this, this way. If Henry Cejudo was the draw that Connor McGregor or George St. Pierre were, were, if he wanted this fight, he would get the fight. The problem is he's not. 
He's not a ticket seller. He's not a pay-per-view seller. Seller. I mean, whenever there's, whenever there's all those sponsorships that you see that are like one fight sponsorships on the octagon mat, on the post, and even during advertising during shows, like they get more money on you know shows headlined by Connor and GSP than they would on a show headlined by Henry Cejudo. So he really doesn't have leverage from that point. And I did hear Henry go on MMA Junkie Radio saying he deserved to be paid like Conor McGregor or Jorge Masvidal. <laughs> he, I mean, I don't know what it is. He, But he's saying it because he's a two-division champion. But if you look at it, like he's not a ticket seller. He's not a pay-per-view draw. I hate to say it. Hate to say it, but it's the truth. I mean, I mean, if you look, the UFC has had three cards in Brooklyn. In Brooklyn, the one with the least tickets sold was headlined by Henry Cejudo. They've had seven shows at the United Center. Henry Cejudo headlined UFC 238. It's fourth out of seven in ticket sales. Pay-per-view headlined by by Cejudo against Marlon Moraes. Maybe did 150 pay-per-view buys, if that. Yeah. If that, he's just, he's not, he's not a headline draw. So he won't get the same, same, you know, things that, Conor McGregor or George St. Pierre will. It's just the truth. He don't he doesn't make them money like that that do. And I and I think too many people are just too blind to see that. They want to keep bringing up. I mean, you've got to understand understand some understand the the sports and entertainment. The people who make the most money, it doesn't matter if it's MMA, pro wrestling, boxing, football, Baseball, basketball, movies, TV shows, musical acts. The people who draw the most money are going to get the more opportunities. I like to point it. I like to tell people, people look at it as like you own, you own a bar. And one weekend, one Saturday, you have this one, this one musical act there. The next Saturday, you have another musical act there. Maybe your second one was the better overall, gave the better overall performance. But perhaps the first one made your bar more money that night. So which one are you going to bring back first? The first one, the one that made you more money. It just makes makes complete business sense. Right. So, so I mean, you know, we're not saying that Chan Sung Jung, the Korean Zombie, is going to be a better business, better business than you know than Henry Cejudo. But he's also not going to cost as much as Henry Cejudo wants. So I mean, it's just it's the way it is. And and I think you know just Cejudo and everybody else who. Who's like they're just I don't know if I don't know if deep down they may know the reason why, but they definitely don't want to say publicly why. And it's funny because Henry's manager should be the one who understands this the most. But uh, but I mean, just Cejudo just he wants a lot more money than he's actually worth, and there needs to be a happy medium if he's going to come back, and he really should come back and fight at bantamweight and maybe get another win there, win there, and then you know, and then see what happens, you know. But Volkanovski, yeah, did, no, I, well, I, Volkanovski also didn't didn't want it. I think if Volkanovski wanted that fight, maybe maybe the conversation is a little different. But Volkanovski even said that Cejudo should come back and win win before you know he even talks about fighting him. So so that's a whole other thing too. I think I think Cejudo is a bigger name than anybody at flyweight, at me uh, outside of maybe Cody at at bantamweight. Aldo would be ahead of him. Um, Dillshaw, uh, maybe, you know, maybe 
sterling but um and then at and featherweight i mean holloway is a way bigger draw than suhudo is i think yeah so you know that's kind of where he's at and and you know for him to be you know i mean he's just blowing smoke and you know i mean whatever it is he'll probably end up getting more than he's worth if he comes back because you know he talks a good game but you know if but put it this he, way if gone worked as hard as he does like he'd be a way bigger star yeah. but you Hen- know? henry talks too much for a guy who doesn't want to come to an agreement to come back to fight exactly i mean it's yeah. it's at the point now like like you know henry sudo we've talked about how cringy he is it's just like it's at the point like like if you're not going to come back and fight Shut up! Stop talking about Alexander Volkanovsky. Yeah. Stop talking about P- Piotr Jan like you were today. Today, who cares? Like, like either come yeah. back and fight or stop talking. Stop talking about these guys at this at this point. There's because, a there's no because after this week, an expression I, I love. Yeah, go ahead. Shit or get off the pot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like you know. That's it. It it just it. And he's not the only one that I feel like this. Like all the, all these guys who who turn down fights or sit out, you know, and start talking about all these guys. It's like shut up and fight, or or you know, shut up and shut up and fight, you know, or don't talk, you know. You're starting to sound yeah. starting to sound like Dana, but yeah, but I mean now you you kind of understand how he yeah, feels. You under, yeah, you know, cause yeah, because he's and I'm not the and there's more to it with Dana, with Dana, but I mean it's just yeah. like like we've been hearing Henry Cejudo run his mouth. For for almost almost two years about being the best of this better than that how you could beat this person how you could beat that person like like if you if you want to talk that much come to new come to an agreement with the UFC they're taught they've talked to you for years I mean you know just every time they offer you a deal you ask for more money more money they come back with more money thinking that's that you agree and then you want even more and now you're saying you want Conor McGregor and Jorge Masvidal money when you're not even a Tenth of the draw they are, you're not even a tenth of the draw that Masvidal is, let alone McGregor. You know, you're not even, yeah, you know, five percent of that. I mean, like, come on, like, come on, you know, just come on, man, come on, man. Just some, oh, you know, yeah, he. We want he, everybody. He, Thirteen months ago, we want every. I want everybody to be paid more, and I'm glad he wants to hold out to for what is what his worth is. But at some point, like. You're, you know, at some point they, they decide they don't need you. And, and then you yeah. only hurt yourself in that, in that case, you know, and everyone wants to talk about how this whole, like how this whole, you know, it's not fair that the UFC freezes contracts whenever fighters retire and they don't realize that that happens in regular sports, you know, Rob Gronkowski, yeah. when he retired from the Patriots, it was a big deal when he said he wanted to come back and play for the Bucks. Like he had to get his release from the Patriots cause they still held his rights. So it's, you know, it's, you know, happens in other sports. You know, if you retire while you're under contract, contract, you can't just, you know, say six months later, oh, I'm unretired and a free agent. That's not how it works. I mean, and that's, yeah, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't work. And like that's that. why it doesn't work in the USC yeah. because they, because otherwise guys would say they're retired to get, to get out of their contract, you know, after every fight, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 So, I mean, we'll see. I mean, 13 months ago, we talked about, we, we did our year end show of 2020 and we were talking about Henry Cejudo, like he was going to be coming back and winning a title. And, you know, here we are, you know, into 2022 and he's no closer to coming back now than he was back then. So he's only getting older. We'll see what too, happens too. He's 30. Exactly. Like, yeah. Like, you know, yeah. the time is now, honestly. 
Exactly. Yep. All right. So we got some news and not a ton, but uh, we got some updates on uh, UFC 272 and 273. Well, yeah, we, uh, because all this stuff was announced literally the day after we last recorded. So we haven't talked about the fact that the UFC 272 main event on March 5th is Colby Covington against Jorge Masvidal. I mean, granted, it's old news by now, but but yeah, I mean, you know, so we got that. We got that. You know, we talked about the. So no, what's I, going on with uh, Ultimate Fighter? I thought they were supposed to coach against each other. Uh, it was just a rumor, but uh, Dana Dana said that was a, in Dana's words, that was a great idea. Great idea. It's just the timing didn't work out. So which made me okay. Which made me think like you know these guys wanted to wanted to fight sooner than they would have you know with Ultimate Fighter. See when we were when we were talking about possible main events, I mean I thought of that, and then yeah. the only reason I didn't even bring it up was because I thought they were doing the Ultimate Fighter. Yeah, and I was like, and I was thinking that you know maybe Connor was ready to come back as I mentioned mentioned last week because we talked yeah. about because we talked about last week you know that you know that you know. I brought up that that when we were talking about the featherweight and the bantamweight title fights, I go like those look like they're going to UFC, UFC two seventy three, and we were trying to figure out what we thought was going to be the main event of of you know March fifth show, which you know you know I didn't think I you know honestly I didn't think it was going to be Covington and Masvidal. Like I I I heard after we recorded that that was the fight, but it still is like main event. But at the same time, it's like you know what. You know, it should, yeah. you know, it's realist. I mean, Masvidal still, we still think Masvidal is a draw. This will be the proof, proof, you know, and if Covington has, has a better bump, you know, now, you know, since, you know, since the second Usman fight, you know, you know, you, this is also a fight. I mean, you could put a title fight on top, but it will, it'll overshadow it. It'll feel like. Demetrius Johnson fights back in the day where Demetrius Johnson was the main event, main event of a card, but you had big fights underneath like a Connor fight and everybody would stick around for the Connor fight and then leave. And the, the arena would be half empty for a Demetrius Johnson, Johnson yeah. fight. You wouldn't want to do that. You wouldn't want to put Aljamain Sterling and Piotr Jan as a main event with Covington Masvidal underneath, underneath and have it completely overshadow that or anything. So I think it's the right call doing it as a main so, event. So, yeah, I mean, it's you, you mentioned your column. It's the first non Conor McGregor non title fight that's been booked as the main event of a pay per view since January 2015. I assume, I think that was what Anderson Silva and, and Nick Diaz. Yep. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, I mean, and obviously Anderson Silva, you know, long history of UFC main events. Um, Masvidal has main evented a few. Any chance they bring back the BMF belt for this? No. No? Okay. It's just what I thought of because, I mean, technically he hasn't defended it yet, so they could. And then, you know, then it's a title fight. But, um, you know, I – yeah, they better hope nothing happens to this fight. I mean, I don't – you know, these guys don't pull out a fight. So, um, you know, just wrap them up in bubble for the next seven weeks and send them out there. Yeah. Um, and this one's in Vegas, right? Yeah, Las Vegas. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Should be. Yeah. So. feels like it should be in Florida, but – uh. Oh, Florida or New York, like for me, like, you know. One Feels like it should two. be in Miami, oh. Miami because, you know, the whole American top team and they're both, and, you know, Masvidal's the quote-unquote king of king of Miami and Covington's the Florida transplant, you know, just, you know, so. Donald, uh, Donald's going to be in Colby's corner? Who? <laughs> 
Oh, Trump. He'll, he'll be uh, there. Ma- Ma- Masvidal is a bigger MAGA guy than than Col- Colby is. Oh yeah, yeah. You didn't know so that. Why do they hate each other so much? No, they hate each other because because Colby Covington got kicked out of American Top Team and he didn't get backed by a, right, 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 by a right, supposed right. Yeah, boy right. Jorge. So he decided to talk shit yep, yep. about everybody. So. Yeah, maybe we'll get Dan Lambert cutting promos for Jorge. Uh, he doesn't need anyone to cut promos no, he for him. Doesn't, no, he doesn't need anybody <laughs> no. involved. But, uh, yeah. Hey, speaking of speaking of Dan Lambert, oh, this was this was, and I don't think this is in your news, but I just saw this today when when we were getting ready for the show. Um, Amanda Nunez has left American Top Team, eh? Yeah, that was just that just came out today. That's why it's not in the col- column yeah. column. But yeah. it's just, she's starting her own team. Yeah, I was gonna bring that up, bring that up, but she's starting her own team, okay. and just you know, it kind of feels like you know she's getting ready. I mean, she's gonna fight Penny again, but I also think it's kind of she's getting ready for Kayla. No, I think she's getting ready to wind oh. it wind it down, and just have oh, less, okay. have less people, less people, you know, or, you know, around, yeah. around and all that. So, but, but also, I mean, if she is going to fight Kayla Harrison, I mean, you know, the Kayla Harrison is on American Top Team, so that makes sense. Too. Yeah, it makes makes sense, but at the same time, supposedly those two didn't really interact much at the gym and it was kind of you know okay separated and that's a, they, they had no that's problem huge, fighting yeah that's a huge that's a huge facility and a lot of fighters true so, true so i mean we've there have been instances where american top team guys have fought before but uh yeah just but yeah it could so as could you mentioned you know it could be, it could yeah. be she's just doing her own thing outside of a big old gym gym in a smaller area with less people around and you know she could still work with like mike brown and other people like that who knows what's going on exactly just that she's so, just that so she's as, not doing just that she's not doing her training camp inside the american top team gym gotcha so as you said, um, you know that so we got the main event for two seventy two. Two seventy three is going to have the two uh, title fights: the featherweight uh, Alexander Volkanovski and Korean Zombie, and the bantamweight uh, championship between Aljamain Sterling and Peter Yan. And as well, um, rumored but not uh, signed yet is uh, Gilbert Burns and Kamzat Chimaev. Which I, yeah, I could actually see that, that feels. Being- that feels a little dangerous. I, I could see that fit being on a different card too, but uh, they also want okay. to stack the show, and it's going to be in Jacksonville, Florida, for those okay for those wondering where it is. It was originally supposed to be in Brooklyn, Brooklyn, but you know, they moved it to Jacksonville. I don't know if it has anything to do with you know the vaccination status in Brooklyn or whatnot, but you know, <laughs> they ran they ran MSG no problem. But you know some of those yeah. guys weren't allowed to go to restaurant restaurants and stuff, you know so. So. Well, Jack, you know what, Jacksonville, they did a nice gate uh, when they ran the first show there in April of last year. So, you know, go back there, um, you know, give them a reward, give them a nice, nice card. That, and you know what, that's a, you know, especially if they get another big fight on that card, that's a, that's a pretty big card with the two title fights. Not a huge marquee value, but they're going to sell out in Jacksonville. So, um, you know, it doesn't really matter what they put on top. Um, as long as it's a title fight, they should do all right. Yeah. Um, all right. And then you had a possible main event for London. Uh, yeah, uh, possible. Also, uh, also with the Covington Masvidal news. And then also, uh, okay. Dana, Dana did confirm. In fact, a hundred and he used the phrase a hundred percent. Leon Edwards is getting the next shot at Kamaru Usman. So that's ah, too talk. bad. Too this bad whole, for, 
this whole talk about everything everything that's 100 percent. so that'll probably be in the summertime whenever usman you know d- recovers from his hand injury and uh there's not a there's still that's not a too bad i was really i was really hoping leon edwards would get the next shot but Dana White saying that it's 100% for sure means he's probably not. Yeah, we know. We all know the whole Dana <laughs> thing. But, but yeah, I don't yeah. yeah. Dana says a lot of stuff, but I believe Dana on this one. So I don't believe, okay. he's, li- right. I don't believe he's lying. So, you know, on this one. So I don't think he's lying, but I just, I think yeah. that that's the plan right now. Yeah. I mean, change. we we had the meme, you know, Dana says a lot of things, but yeah, this is, yeah. One of those, I feel like this is one of those things where, yeah, Dana says a lot of things, but this one's actually going to happen. So, so, okay, good, so, good. But uh, um, uh, London, right. London card. I mean, Dana didn't. Dana said they're coming back to London. He didn't actually give the actual date they're coming back, but it's still planned to be March nineteenth. Headliner could end up being uh, Arnold Allen against Dan Hooker. So you know, wow. So that fight is being talked about about that for that show. I don't know if it's the headliner if, or if it's not, but it, I mean, you know, it's an ESPN Plus card, so it very well could end up being the headliner. Big, uh, big step up for um, Arnold Allen. Yeah, but he's won eight in a row, and he's top ten in ten yeah. featherweight. So, so it's it's be his first main event, though. Yeah, it would be, but he deserves it. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Misha Tate's moving down to uh, yeah, yeah, down we to flyweight, about, which yeah, we talked about that last <laughs> week because because yeah so that's funny because i always think she's a flyweight and now she actually will be yeah um and oh yeah we did talk about that because yeah lauren murphy it's just like oh man i don't know who i'm gonna root for i like both of them so much yeah it was um some of this stuff on the column because i write the column sunday night sunday night and and news that breaks but between the time the column gets written and the time we do the show you know sometimes we talk about it last week so i know you have short-term memory Yep. And we got a shit ton of uh, fights made. And I, oh, yeah. I don't know which ones you wanted to highlight, but I I mean, I can't not talk about the one that's staring me right in the face here. Dean What's Barry that? and Mike Jackson. This is like the fourth time they've tried to make this fight. Yeah. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, Mike Jackson, you know, the guy that uh, we think beat CM Punk, but he didn't actually. Yeah. So Are you talking about the guy who sits behind me on Meteor Row at every, every UFC yeah. show in Texas? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That that fight's not going to happen, but anyways. It's going to happen. <laughs> no, it won't. Yeah. <laughs> Something will happen. It'll get postponed again. It's going to happen eventually. Bet? It's going to happen eventually. Oh, it's going to happen eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know why it has to be this guy. Like, they just keep making the same fight over and over again. Well, they owe Mike Jackson a fight, and Dean Barry is, like, what? He's got, like, four career fights. Four and one or something? Yeah. So yeah, it's like a, you got to – If us. you're going to give Mike Jackson another fight, you owe, you got to give him somebody like Dean Barry or even this Pete Rodriguez guy we talked about earlier. So, you know, you can't yeah. give him – Oh, Pete Rodriguez probably killed yeah. him. Yeah, you can't, can't give him a guy. You know, you can't – Give a guy who's too, who's who's a media member, who's two professional fights, have been against Mickey Gall and CM Punk. So you know, you know, you can't really he's, give it. He's on. He gets his tweets on screen more than I do. Uh, he's on there almost every week. Yeah, Mike Jackson Esquire. Um, okay, he's a, what are, he's what are super, some of these? Fights? He's a super nice, good dude. So, say, oh, he is. He is. No, I'm just saying he's he's on there all the time. He's a, you know, he's a working media member. Yeah. Um, yeah. So go, go over some of these big fights. Okay. So UFC 271, February 12th, got Andre Orlovsky against Jared Vanderaw. 
Uh, UFC Fight Night, February 19th, is the rebooking of Joaquin Buckley against Abdul Razak Al-Hassan. Uh, March 5th, uh, on top of Colby Covington against Jorge Maswell, we have Kevin Holland in his welterweight debut against Alex Cowboy Oliveira. You also got Devontae Ooh, Smith. I like that fight. Yeah, you also got Devontae Smith against Eric Gonzalez. Uh, a couple of fights for March 26th card, the Columbus card. Uh, you have Joanne Wood against Alexa Grasso. Um, Matthias Nicolau against David Dvorak. And Nate Landwehr against Lerone Murphy. Uh, That's not Lauren Murphy. This is Lerone. Lerone, Different different Lerone, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, UFC 273, April 9th, on top of the two uh, title fights we talked about. uh, Three other good fights for that card. uh, Yarzinho Rosenstruik against Marcin Tybura. uh, Mackenzie Dern against Tisha Torres. Kelvin Gastelum against Nasruddin Imavov. So there's some good good Mm -hmm. fights on that show. And then the last fight I want to point out, there was like 25 UFC fight announcements this week. This week, uh, 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 April 23rd, UFC fight night. uh, One of our favorites, Clay Guida, you know, back again against Claudio Puelas. And then a fight not listed in my column because it was announced today, uh, May 13th, Bellator in London, uh, Yaroslav yeah. Amovov uh, defending the welterweight title against Michael Venom Page. Yeah, I had uh, I had the card up here, but they only sent it to one of my email addresses, and I've got my other email up here. But yeah, the um, it's just the one fight announced so far, but they say it's going to be a stacked card. Um, but yeah, that's an interesting one. Um, you know, uh, MVP going for the title for the first time and undefeated uh, champion. Uh, that could be pretty big for them. They, they'll probably do a nice gate in London anyways. Nobody will watch it on TV, but... Might do okay over there. I don't know what their TV numbers are over there, but they seem to concentrate on that market a lot. Um, so yeah, so that's it um, for the uh, for the fight announcements. Uh, the only other one that I, of note for me was the Mickey Gall Mike Malott fight. I'm always interested in watching Mickey Gall. Yeah, um, we talked about CM Punk earlier, and yeah. obviously he's a guy that fought CM Punk. And that's another UFC. Um, so that's, yes. a, that's another UFC 273 in Jacksonville fight. So. Yeah, Jacksonville for some reason feels like a great place for. Hey, maybe CM Punk will be in go go there and watch the fight. Told Moxley um, to go. Told Moxley to go. So yeah, he's a big fan. There you go. We, there you we, go. Yeah, we'll we be know he's Moxley a big fan again yeah. soon. I think we know he's a big fan. Yeah. Told him to go. Jacksonville probably be a safe place for him. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, April 9th. Um, all right. So yeah, it's a week after WrestleMania, I think. Um, okay. So that is going to do it for this show. Uh, it's been a hell of a show. We had a lot of news. We went a little longer than we normally do, but that's fine. Uh, just a little bit longer. Um, and yeah, so we got the big show UFC 270 or to come join us for the post show on the Patreon fightgamemedia.com backslash Patreon. Ryan and I'll both be tweeting out the links a few times on, uh, on fight night. So uh, for Ryan, I'm Paul. Ryan, take us home like you always do. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the show. Enjoy the fights this weekend and have a great week. Later. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 
96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.